Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And the 2019 Offensive Rookie of the Year is Kyle Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Pass Podcast, presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Stone Reagan, and we are back here to discuss the action from uh, Week 16 in the NFL, and uh, lots of uh, interesting games, as always. Uh, some a lot more one-sided than others. Uh, looking at you, Bucks and Lions, but uh, certainly some uh, noteworthy games, to say the least, Dylan, and we will go ahead and start with uh, what was our game of the week pick. Uh, we had two of them, actually. Uh, we start with the Titans and the Packers. Um, that was one that we said we figured we would see a lot of offense in. And, well, we saw a lot of offense from the Packers, not so much from the Titans. Uh, Packers went at 40-14. to 14. Uh, Devontae Adams, uh, I told you before the season, if you go back through the established pass archives, um, I said, I think Devontae Adams could very well be, um, you know, the guy to get in fantasy. That's why I got him in both of my leagues. And, uh, my goodness, uh, three touchdowns here in this one, uh, just doing what he does. And the Titans defense, as we talked about all season, Dylan, um, that is the one thing that I think you're going to look at the Titans heading in the playoffs and uh, not sure how much you can trust them uh, because when they play offenses like this, uh, good luck. Yeah, that's the problem, too, is that, it, as we just kind of talked about, when their offense isn't on Tennessee, it's just going to be really tough for them. They need to score a lot of points to compete. It did not happen, obviously, in this one, and they end up getting blown out. Um, a lot of tough teams are going to be facing tougher defenses than Green Bay. So obviously, the elements play a role in that, but you, you would have thought maybe Tennessee would be able to run the ball better. 23 carries for 98 yards for Derrick Henry is not going to be able to get it done, especially when the Packers are moving the ball so efficiently through the air. They didn't look like the snow bothered them at all. It looked as if uh, they were playing in a dome with the way that they were getting everything done in the passing game. Uh, feel bad for some of you Aaron Jones fantasy owners. I know he had a decent game, but, damn, A.J. Dillon really putting in <laughs> a day's work with all of his uh, with his performance and those couple touchdowns. And, yeah, for Green Bay, I mean, it's a big confidence-boosting game. They've, you know, against some better teams, have not looked fantastic this year. Had only, I think they had, you know, going into the game, there's like some stat posted on by Sports Center about how they had less wins against winning teams than the uh, some of, some of the teams uh, the Bengals I believe it was after they went over the Steelers. Here they you know kind of settle that down and now they control their fate to get the number one seed as long as they just win next week. Uh, and I think Aaron Rodgers, especially with the way that the Chiefs Falcons games will get to that, I think Aaron Rodgers may have taken an edge over Mahomes at this point to win MVP. Well, another team did put up a lot of offense. Um, that was your uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, only scored nine. That was not enough to beat the Seahawks. 29 winners, uh, Seattle. Uh, and they are now 11-4, the Rams, heading into a big, big game against the Cardinals, which we'll talk about that uh, in the next episode this week. Uh, but uh, this was not an ideal performance from the Rams, uh, to say the least. And now uh, Jared Goff's situation. A lot of unknowns here for the Rams uh, heading into 
Week 17 uh, with their playoff hopes on the line. Meanwhile, the Seahawks uh, just, once again, grinding out uh, 11 wins and uh, seem to be uh, in a situation where uh, they feel pretty good about themselves uh, probably heading into the postseason. Yeah, relatively quiet 11-win season, I feel like, for the Seahawks. I'm still wishing I had picked them to win the division as I initially did over the 49ers end up flipping that pick. But sure enough, they're able to get it done. It hasn't been exactly the prettiest performances for them. And at this point in this game, you know, they give up only nine points, and it's great for the defense. But I wonder how much it was really them, how much it was a lack of execution for the Rams, who still moved the ball pretty well. Uh, on the day out gaining Seattle by 40 yards. And it, it reminded me a little bit of the game in Miami in terms of, yes, they moved the ball, but then when they got down uh, inside the 30, inside the, the 20, all those kind of things, they just could not punch it in the end zone, obviously. But also the decision-making from Jared Goff, before, even before his injury, really, really bad. And it's kind of crazy. They only need to beat the Jets to, to make the playoffs a couple of weeks ago. Every single result since then has not allowed them to clinch. They've needed, like, the Cardinals, if they had won, would have clinched them a playoff spot. The Bears have lost one of these two games, uh, all these different things. Uh, they still control their own destiny, but with Goff's uh, status uncertain going into the next one, it's it's really flipped around, and you, I feel bad for the defense, who for a lot of this game played really well, just could not, you know, without the, the lack of sustained drives and lack of points, they just couldn't keep Seattle down uh, long enough, and, you know, Russell Wilson found a few uh, tricks in the bag to kind of pull it out for Seattle. Now they still have, I believe, also, yeah, they have there's the third seed in the NFC, but if they, uh, in a, depending on how the tie break kind of draws, they still could get the one seed at the very least a two seed. Then you at least don't have to face Tampa or the Rams. You'd probably get the Bears or the Cardinals. So still something to play for Seattle, for Seattle and still an impressive win overall, despite it not being the prettiest end for them. Yeah, Rams and Cardinals could both be without uh, their quarterbacks in that uh, very yeah. important game, which uh, would certainly be interesting if that is set up for Week 17. Uh, going to our betting locks. Uh, Dylan's betting locks still to be determined as we're recording. Here on Monday afternoon, uh, he picked the Bills uh, minus seven against the Patriots. Mine, cash it, because uh, if you listened, uh, you got a pretty good uh, outcome there because I took the Saints minus seven at home against the Vikings. Vikings don't have to worry about the playoffs. They're out. Saints are in. Uh, They are the NFC South champions and uh, someone else that was in the end zone quite a bit. uh, He was just in everywhere, and that was uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, six touchdowns. If you had Alvin Kamara, you won your fantasy league. I have no doubt about it, unless you literally played no one else on your lineup uh, the rest of the way because uh, ties an NFL record, six touchdowns. And, uh, man, this was uh, it's what we said about the Vikings all year long. You cannot trust them at all. Uh, if there was a team that was going to give up six touchdowns, uh, my money would have been on the Vikings, uh, probably the Jets, uh, some of the others. But, uh, oh, boy, Vikings, just uh, not, not, not good. Not good at all. Not a, not, not a great effort at all. And, I mean, Drew Brees did look – a lot better than just a week ago, you know, through a, two, a couple of picks in this game. Still looked a lot more comfortable, about, you know, moving the, the ball down the field against Minnesota. That goes <laughs> in part to, I think, getting that extra week uh, under his belt. But also just, yeah, Minnesota's defense, so bad. <laughs> I know they had all that turnover, and it's the one thing that I wish going into the season I uh, did not project them to win this, their division because, man, that defense was has been a problem, even if the offense has been – Able to put up some points. Obviously, fantasy owners for Dalvin Cook and Thielen, another solid performance for those guys. But for the team, it's just so disappointing to think about. They were one win away from the Super Bowl. They, you know, going back a few years ago, they bring in Kirk Cousins. And since then, they've only made the playoffs once. Um, it's it's got to be really disappointing to think about some of the missed opportunities and the missed window, at least for that defense. Uh, now, it's it's really ugly in this one. Obviously, the Saints are a great team, but you still can't give up 52 points. And 
yeah, for Alvin Kamara, in terms of the record, I mean, he should have. <laughs> if they don't put Taysom Hill in there for that one-yard touchdown, he then he breaks the record. That um, yeah. when I looked initially on Pro Football Reference, they didn't even have the uh, the guy that had uh, six rushing touchdowns in the 20s. It wasn't even on there. They only listed the uh, all these guys with five. So for a moment, I thought he actually set the record. But still, I mean, Alvin Kamara is amazing. Doesn't usually get as many rushing touchdowns. Usually have a combination of rushing and receiving. But huge fantasy, like you said. I mean, obviously. Uh, he's a great fantasy player that had struggled for a bit uh, in some of those weeks when Taysom Hill was a starter, comes back with a vengeance and decided, you know, so many fantasy championships, including our, our clutch points league, even though we weren't <laughs> in it, it seemed like it was probably over as soon as that happened. Yep, for sure. Um, what a what a performance. And uh, like you said, uh, won, won some people a lot of money uh, just off of that one game. It's funny that that started the week off and, uh, man, it's a lot of people pretty much knew uh, the result of their fantasy championship before the rest of the games were even played, probably. Um, we did I, – well, I did good um, on the betting locks. Uh, we both did not do too well on our upset picks uh, of the week. Uh, that is okay. Uh, but uh, let's start with the Bears and the Jags. I would like to note here, Dylan, that I did pick the Jaguars in this game. I said <laughs> I'm just going on a limb here saying this would be the most Bears result possible. Um, but uh, this was before – we knew that Mike Lennon was going to be the quarterback and before we knew James Robinson was not going to play. As soon as I saw those two, I said, well, <laughs> you can pretty much cancel this one out because it's not happening. And it did not as uh, the Bears took care of business. 41-17, uh, to 17, the Bears are now an offensive team. Uh, they score at will. Uh, they scored three touchdowns just in the third quarter alone. I mean, think back to last year, the last couple of years, uh, them scoring three touchdowns in a game uh, would have been seen as quite a feat. Uh, three touchdowns in the third quarter alone in this game. They moved to eight and seven. Now have a shot at making the playoffs, uh, as we said, after really stumbling a bit uh, after that good start. Now they're in a spot to, to make the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Jags, uh, they do what they were supposed to do, and that is officially lock up the number one seed or the number one uh, pick in the mm -hmm. uh, NFL draft, which uh, they will be welcoming in uh, Trevor Lawrence. So uh, good job, Mike Lennon, for uh, ruining my chances at the upset pick of the week. But uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the quarterback for the Jacks next year. Yeah, once, unlike the Jets, the Jaguars, as soon as they got the opportunity to lock up the number one pick, they made sure of it. Obviously, the James Robinson injury is one thing, but having Glennon in there and just overall some of the – it definitely didn't look like a team that was – uh, trying to win that game. I mean, it, early in the game, they kind of kept it close for a bit. The Bears pull away, and I love the highlights. I know there's probably a lot of Bears fans that were in Jacksonville as well, but uh, the highlights of Jaguars fans cheering when the Bears scored, knowing <laughs> what that means for getting Trevor Lawrence. And with all their cap space, definitely when we get after the season, looking at some of these GM openings and present openings, it's going to be one of the more intriguing ones with that blank slate. And for the Bears, yeah, four straight weeks with 30-plus points, five straight weeks with 25-plus points going back to their loss to the Packers. Uh, it's, I mean, but it's all come kind of against bad defenses. You get the Lions, the Texans, the Vikings, the Jaguars. It's the fantasy adage for uh, Mitchell Trubisky in his career against bottom eight DVOA defenses. He's historically in his career, in his four-year career, uh, put up, you know, really good numbers, amazing numbers. Uh, so it's not that surprising. Uh, but the Bears offense does, I mean, just looks more creative, obviously, as we talked about last week, it coincided with Nagy giving up the play-calling duties. And sure enough, Chicago 
and, and doing a lot more fun stuff and just looking like a team that's, uh, you know, when we go back, looking back at some of their previous games before this little run, they looked like a team that was defeated, that was lost. It didn't really look like they had much drive, and now here they are controlling their own destiny. It's going to be tough since the Packers need to win to get the number one seed going into that Week 17 game. But, hey, they, I mean, they put themselves in this position, and props to them for not just folding and for Trubisky and uh, that offensive staff making it work. Yep, uh, that was, uh, man, the, the Bears, new new team here. Uh, we'll see if they can get into the playoffs. Uh, what, what about that? What if the Bears made the Super Bowl? What a what an unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable run that would be. Um, I know, we're not betting on that. Don't put that in our betting locks yeah. of the week. Uh, and our other upset pick of the week, uh, Dylan picked the Broncos to beat the Chargers. Uh, that did not happen as the mm-hmm. Chargers get the win. I don't think a lot of people probably had their eye on this game very much uh, outside the Red Zone channel. Uh, 1916 Chargers won this game. They're six and nine. Broncos fell to five and ten. Uh, two teams that are going to enter, you know, interesting off seasons probably, mm-hmm. uh, depending on, you know, they, they obviously have to make some improvements. But it'll be interesting to see uh, where both go. This was just kind of one of those, uh, I think, throwaway games that I'm not really sure how much you take away from it. Yeah, same. The only my main thing is I just consider try to think about who's going to. Uh, really challenge the Chiefs long term, and maybe or at least for the next like three, four seasons for this division. I don't know which of these teams could do it. Every game they face, all these teams face each other, ends up coming right down to the wire. But they're not really pretty games. Like the the Chargers, one score wins and losses to the Raiders. Now same thing with the Broncos, all under three point uh, differences in all these games. And uh, I mean, Justin Herbert, maybe maybe you think the Chargers are the team because of what Herbert's been able to do and how good he's looked at, at times. Not not his best game of this season, but uh, didn't turn the ball over through the air. I thought he had a solid uh, day for sure. Overall, uh, the, you know, and, and like you said, there's otherwise it's just two teams that you're thinking more about next year. What, what pieces do the, can you change? Are coaching staff wise, uh, long term, are the Chargers going to stick with the Lynn regime and what's going to go on there? So that's more that was uh, what was going through my head. Maybe if another takeaway, the badge league uh, did not miss a kick. Anytime you get that from the chargers and you get a game winning field goal like that. Uh, it's, a t- it's something you don't see all the time. So good for the chargers to get the win. Um, but yeah, I mean, they let the Broncos get kind of back in and thought I had a shot at this upset, but that's kind of what these games are. They're just teams that are, they're not even, I won't even say, you know, they're not even in the middle kind of class of the NFL. They're below that. They're just, at this point, not sure uh, where Denver, what they're going to do with Locke and their whole situation. Defense is solid enough, but uh, maybe maybe the Chargers are the team that uh, when I look at the, these three franchises in the AFC West under the Chiefs, who has the best shot at possibly competing with, with them within a few years just because of uh, they got the quarterback situation filled out. And I do wonder, uh, and we're going to get quickly and a few after the, you know, we get to the Saturday games. I do wonder, and I, I still believe in Tua in Miami, but I do wonder what it would be like to see Herbert in the Dolphins offense at this point. Cause I mean, that obviously one pick difference, but it is just something that I've started thinking about. Like, man, that could be, could have been pretty exciting there. We'll talk about the Dolphins uh, here in a few. That was uh, quite a game for them. But uh, before we get the Dolphins and uh, the rest of our games and our quick picks, uh, let's talk to you about Indeed. 2020 reshaped how we work. It's almost over, and businesses across the globe are challenged to be the most efficient, which means every hire is critical, and that is where Indeed is here to help. Indeed, the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. 
And unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control, payment flexibility over your hiring process. You only pay for what you need. You can close your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria, and you contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month, and it's clear that Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide are using Indeed for their hiring. Right now, Indeed, offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. So try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. It's their best offer available anywhere, so go right now. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get into our quick picks. Uh, boy, this is not a whole lot to talk about with this game, aside from the fact that this was just pure destruction. Um, Bucks 47, Lions 7. I'm convinced the Bucks could have scored 70 here, uh, but they did not. Uh, and uh, if you have someone like me who sat there before the game and said, this is easily going to hit 55, take the over, this was a bad beat, folks, because uh, I sat there in the third quarter thinking there is no chance this game does not go over 55. Sure enough, it ends at 54. No one scores in the fourth quarter, uh, so that's really my biggest takeaway here. Oh, and the Lions, yeah. the Lions stink. That's that's the other one. That's I mean, yeah, they had the the coaches out, uh, obviously with Bevel out through the through the COVID-19 protocols. Number of defensive starters. I don't know if it would have mattered, but uh, when you saw, quickly saw. Um, uh, you know, even after Brady left the game after that amazing first half, Gabbert still filled in and looked amazing. That was when you're like, wow, this is something's wrong here with what's happening on the defensive side of the football for the Lions. I, I mean, Brady was obviously incredible for fantasy owners. They probably wish that the Lions found a way to score some more points so that he could have stayed in and continued to rack up those stats in the second half. But yeah, it was a clinic. They, I mean, I, it wasn't even, it was kind of like, yeah, usually in the NFL, man, you don't not see guys that open. It kind of reminded me more of watching. Like a call, like maybe a Big 12 game a few years ago, and everyone's scoring a ton of points, and guys are just wide open. It was ridiculous. I mean, Brady has, you know, obviously the amount of weapons he has here in Tampa Bay compared to past seasons is crazy. But uh, man, it's it was something else to just watch how open some of these guys were. It was just too easy for Tampa Bay clinching their first playoff uh, uh, berth in over a decade. So good for them because of the Rams uh, losing the last couple of weeks. Now they get the, uh, they control their destiny for the fifth seed, likely facing Washington. But as we'll get to, yeah, still Dallas and Giants still in play there. So, I mean, that's really big to, you know, you're not going to win the division. It's They fought hard for a 10-5 and five team that I think is definitely better, maybe a little bit better than the record. But now the, the fact that they get to face that NFC East winner in the first round, that's a huge advantage that should uh, put Tampa Bay into the, at least the divisional round of the postseason this year. Well, we teased the Cardinals uh, a bit earlier about their situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's because they lost to the 49ers 20-12. Niners win this game, just uh, not the performance you want to see for the Cardinals. Trying to play for a playoff spot. Uh, of course, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray's injury status. That's going to be a big topic heading into that Week 17 game. As we said, both teams could be without their starting quarterback uh, with the Rams. But, uh, man, this was just uh, not what you want if you're the Cardinals. This was right there for the taking. And then to have a game like this, uh, just not ideal. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be really disappointing given everything they've gone through this season and, uh, you know, started out hot, had some struggles throughout the middle, and it seemed like they were kind of figuring it out. But San Francisco still a really well-coached team that uh, did a great job here of just finding a way and fighting hard on defense, not letting the Cardinals finish drives. Um, by the end of it, obviously, finding a way to win. I hope if you had James Robinson on your team and you had to find a replacement, perhaps you picked up Jeff Wilson, had a fantastic uh, day for the 49ers on the ground. George Kittle is really good and always really fun watching him. Even you know, he had a few receptions, but just overall his enthusiasm, he's just infectious for that 49ers offense. So, you know, even though they're six and nine, not going to make the postseason, still a, a team that has a great foundation moving forward, great coaching staff. And for the Cardinals now, yes, they still control their own destiny um, <laughs> despite this loss, but without, you know, without possibly Kyler playing with the Rams also needing to win, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there, um, because yeah, for the Cardinals, if they yeah if they if they, fall, if they lose, on the other hand, I believe they're still out regardless of what the Bears do. I think the Bears will get the tiebreak at that point. So the Cardinals have to win to get in. Uh, we'll see if what they are made of uh, coming back from this one, because yeah, missed a really big opportunity at home to just punch that ticket. Oh, the Raiders, boy, where do you even start? Uh, <laughs> Dolphins twenty six, Raiders twenty five. Uh, Dolphins 10 and 5, uh, incredible uh, there for them. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the uh, the no look pass, everyone's talking about oh it, uh, but the way that it was set up uh, to where they're even in that position, unbelievable. Um, I, you know, this was this was kind of one of those Falcons Chargers type situations for the Raiders here because uh, they seemed like they had this one, and then sure enough, they didn't. Yeah, it was insane. I mean, the, the most of the game it was it was good and close, and it was it was enjoyable for sure to watch, but. Obviously, none of that really compared to what the five minutes at the end of the game were like. It was crazy that, that when the Aguilar touchdown, obviously the Miles Gaskin, a huge touchdown, had to talk about guys having huge fantasy days in, in championship games. Another amazing performance for him. And for the Dolphins to yeah to find a way to win, obviously the Raiders, uh, you know, still feel like that it might have been the okay decision to, to run down the clock and kick that field goal. But I, I feel like if you can't, get the clock to literally three seconds or whatever and take, you know, take your time out and kick the field goal as time expires. It's tough. Obviously you don't expect to have a combination of uh, that play um, and, you know, the penalty that moves them even further down into field goal range. So kind of insanity at there at the end for Miami to, to find a way to win. Uh, but for the Raiders, yeah, it's just kind of, it's a season of what ifs for a team that has wins over, you know, possibly the two best teams in the NFL and the Chiefs and the Saints. Uh, they have, you know, even though they lost again to the Chiefs the second time, they beat both of those teams. Yet here they are at seven and eight losses to the Falcons, uh, barely beat the Jets. I think they've lost what four of the last five, five of the last six, something like that. It's been uh, interesting year. They've looked pretty good at times on offense, other times can't finish drives, and then defensively, that's the, the side of the ball. Obviously, they have to figure out. Just a disaster uh, to drop too far back there. And uh, Fitzpatrick, to, to his credit, yes, obviously he threw an incredible pass with his helmet being uh, ripped off, but. Uh, to not allow the safety, he basically looked down the hash the whole time, knowing that he had that uh, his guy running deep down the left sideline. Amazing throw, but also just a great job of manipulating the defense. That's what Fitzpatrick does for you. Obviously, he's going to start now, uh, which is interesting, in Week 17 uh, for the Dolphins against the Bills. Uh, I don't know. You could argue uh, still that Tua is the better option. I'm not sure at this point, though, with uh, you know with a win on the line, if you'd rather who you'd rather have, maybe Fitzpatrick, because. 
dude just got it done when they needed it. They had a pretty rough day against a pretty bad Raider offense before he came in, uh, finishes the drive. And now, yeah, they're a team that obviously they control the, the path of the five seed, but he, and the Bills at this point without the without the buy and play, I don't know how if they, if they beat the Patriots tonight, I don't know what they're really going to be playing for, knowing that they're at least the two or the three seed. So they might not have uh, as, as much incentive to win, which is which helps the Dolphins. But then also on the flip side, if Miami does lose. They're, from my understanding, are in the best position possible that if the Browns, if or the Colts or the, the Ravens, if any of those teams, just one of them loses, uh, combined with them losing, uh, they would still get in. So, yeah, the Dolphins in great shape here. Well, like you said, it's uh, interesting to think that the Browns and the Dolphins, both at 10 wins, have not yet clinched a playoff spot, uh, which just seems, uh, I don't know, just what, what a season uh, both of them had. But uh, when you lose to the Jets, uh, you put yourself in this position, and that's what the Browns did. Uh, 23-16, the Jets win their second game of the season. They're not tanking anymore. They're here to win the world title. Um, unfortunately, uh, probably not <laughs> happening for the Jets. Um, man, this is uh, obviously the Browns situation, playing without uh, a lot of players. Uh, but uh, still, this was one that uh, if you're the Browns and you wind up not making the playoffs, ooh, this is just uh, man. Again, one of those th- one of those things in the season like this that's been very wacky, as we know. Um, this this would be one that you look at and say, boy, we we probably should have still found a way to win this game. Yeah, I, I you know it's it's rough obviously for uh, them to figure it out but i obviously i think that they you know the players themselves did as good a job as they could have hoped with the receivers they had in there i just don't know how you're you know obviously they fell behind and a big reason why they threw so much is because they fell behind but you're throwing the ball 53 times without any of your receiving corps and you have two of the best running backs and probably the best running back tandem in the nfl and you only run 18 times that's including three scrambles by baker so Man, it's <laughs> it's a tough it's tough to, to really fathom. I know the Jets, as we've talked about, defend the run much better than the past. It's or in the top ten in run defense, uh, rush offense or sorry, rush defense DVOA. Uh, but the Browns are one of the best running teams in the NFL. I just don't really get it. Um, and yeah, it's really rough to think about now. Uh, they have to try to beat Pittsburgh. They had a chance. It looked like for a lot of the morning slate. As we get to that Steeler Colts game, it looked like they're going to be playing possibly for the division title next week. Instead, the Steelers wrap it up, they lose. Now it's kind of interesting. Same like the Bills. I don't know what the Steelers, if they're really going to have, what they're really playing for. Maybe the, the rivalry aspect will incentivize them. And I, Mike Tomlin is a guy that I feel like, compared to other coaches, isn't one that's historically really sat many starters uh, late in the season going into the playoffs. So I feel like the Steelers might be giving everything they have to beat them. Browns now, yeah, they. They obviously they win, they're in still, but if they lose, need some help. Uh, tough situation given the, the fact that all they do is beat a Jets team. But yeah, good props to them for. I mean, at this point, you're already probably going to lose Trevor uh, Lawrence anyway after winning last week. Might as well go out there and and show the NFL that you're not as bad as your own one and thirteen record. Sam Darnold not fantastic, but did enough. Obviously the the Crowder trick play, his touchdown pass was a thing of beauty to Barrios. But uh, hey, give the Jets, uh, you know, <laughs> some credit after last week. I don't know if the fan reaction was as uh, as <laughs> dismayed as last week at this point. Uh, maybe you should be a little bit happier about what these guys have done with their effort. Um, it's just uh, now that Jets really do have a question. Obviously, it seems like it's only a matter of time until after the season the case is gone. But 
what do you do at the quarterback position? Do you draft a guy? Do you still believe in Sam? It's going to be kind of a definitely a storyline that we'll be following after the season ends. We talked about this Chiefs-Falcons game, and all we talked about is how many points could we put up in this one. And my goodness, <laughs> uh, 17 to 14. This was uh, if, if there are people oh. that were relying on one of these two teams to help them in their fantasy championship, you didn't get a whole lot uh, probably. Well, you got some, but you probably didn't get as much maybe as you thought mm-hmm. you would. Matt Ryan still had a pretty good day, obviously. Uh, Mahomes, yeah. all this, I mean, you still got a little bit. But I think you expected probably this game to be in the 30s versus uh, 17-14. Chiefs win. Um, they're 14 and one. They lock it up. Uh, they are now set uh, with home field advantage. Um, you know, again, I, now that they're they have that, I mean, we are we kind of knew about the Falcons. We always say mm-hmm. they'll they'll play team stuff, but you're not going to count on them to win. Um, and uh, here the Chiefs are 14 and one uh, heading into uh, you know they're obviously the team to beat. Yeah, I mean, they have. I think they're talking about it during the game. They've had one of the best uh, 30-some-odd game stretches in NFL history, stretching back to, to last year. Definitely uh, all these teams that have gone on similar runs in terms of uh, one loss and 20-plus wins. I think it's 23 uh, wins to the one loss over the last 24. All those teams uh, that have done that in the Super Bowl era have made the Super Bowl. Uh, maybe you're a little concerned if you're a Chiefs fan that Mahomes the last few weeks hasn't always been fantastic. I thought he looked pretty good at times against the Saints, against a really good Saints defense. This one, less of an excuse uh, for that offense to not get the, the job done in this one. Uh, I mean, may, I, I don't think Ed, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is so valuable that they should be, should be able to struggle uh, running the ball as much as they did for large portions of this game. And just the passing offense didn't, didn't look like we use, are used to seeing it, obviously. Uh, props to the Falcons' defense, I guess. But, I mean, they have at times played – decent the last few weeks they've uh you know they, it's kind of hard to to gauge really what they were able to do against the saints because it was Taysom hill and, and that offense but they did limit the raiders to six points and did really good against Derek Carr against a team that's you know thrown the ball pretty well so maybe atlanta that's one thing to to look at uh, as a positive moving forward to uh, next season they're 12th in dvoa going into this week i imagine that's only going to go up higher so the fact that the falcons might finish with a top 10 DVOA defense has got to be one of the biggest surprises of the year. So good for them, Page, or for the Chiefs at least. You, you clinch the one seed. Uh, even if you are struggling, you still always find the, to win these games. They keep winning all these close games. Uh, now they have to. Someone has to go in there and beat them. It's going to be really tough. Uh, you know, but I do think it, it does open the window if you're thinking as a maybe a Bills fan, as we've kind of talked about as a team that might be a threat to them possibly with how explosive they've been on offense. The Chiefs, if they do put up a, this offensive uh, out. Uh, you know, output against some of these teams that they might face in the postseason. It could lead to them losing. That's the thing about the NFL postseason that makes it so exciting. All it takes is one game. So uh, the Chiefs at 14-1, amazing team, still a team that I would probably at this point pick to make the Super Bowl, but maybe a little more vulnerable uh, than I thought they were a few weeks ago. You mentioned the Steelers. Uh, they did rally uh, with a big mm-hmm. comeback win against the Colts. Uh, they needed that one, obviously. 28-24, uh, they score, you know, outscore 14 nothing, two touchdowns there in the fourth quarter. And uh, this was one where if you're a fantasy, you got some got some points out of uh, both sides on this one. But uh, mm-hmm. now the Colts uh, in a situation where uh, they uh, now, luckily, <laughs> they get to play the Jags. Uh, but uh, they are in a situation where they're still fighting for a playoff spot. Steelers in good shape. Uh, but this was uh, this was one of the better games uh, of the week, just based on uh, quite a, a furious rally here from the Steelers. Yeah, I think I wish we had put this as our uh, game of the week. I know we considered yeah, we it. Yeah, uh, it. it. ended up 
Yep, exactly. It turned out to be a fantastic one. It looked like felt like a playoff game. It looked like a playoff game for the Colts. A really disappointing outcome because you're ten and five, and now you're out of the postseason. Uh, it is. I think they still, according to five thirty eight, have like a seventy some odd percent chance to get in because if they beat the Jags, they just need one of. Uh, four different teams uh, in Miami, Baltimore, Tennessee, or uh, and one more team that I'm just blanking out the, the Dolphins, uh, you know, yeah, uh, Browns. That's who it is. So yeah, Browns. I mean, they just need one of those teams to lose to get in. So they're still feeling pretty good. But hey, it's possible that they'll go 11 and five and miss it. It's crazy to think because they, and it looked like they're in control. Obviously, they're up by 17 points, especially with how Pittsburgh's offensive looked. Uh, and then they turned the ball over and downs so at that fourth and that fourth down stop by the the Colts at this uh, start of the second half. I mean, it really felt like Indianapolis was going to pull away to win this one. Props to Pittsburgh's passing offense. They still can't really run the ball, and I don't know how that's going to translate in the postseason for them. But this is a really good Colts defense and to, to rally and get those three touchdowns. Definitely showed some fight in, for a Pittsburgh team and for their fan base. It was starting to go a little crazy after those uh, three straight losses. Now, still, you know, the one seed's out of play. That's fine. Uh, here you still have a two or three seed. You're still feeling a little bit better. And obviously the defense, I think, will bounce back. Looked really good in that second half. Obviously the offense scores all those points. But if the defense doesn't hold the Colts to only the one field goal right as the half started, uh, they don't make that comeback. So Pittsburgh's still feeling pretty good. Indianapolis just now just winning, hope you get in. And from there, I still a team that I would be I'm intrigued by, but I'm not really sure if what their ceiling is. If their ceiling's just getting to the second round, uh, that might be the case. But hopefully for them, it's just getting in the playoffs at this point. I think for the season, we thought it might be an NFC team with 11 wins that didn't get in. It's hard to believe that uh, we're sitting here with, you know, mm-hmm. three 10-5 and five teams, uh, <laughs> just not really yeah. knowing what combination you're going to get in the AFC. So uh, pretty crazy uh, with that. Uh, Ravens, Giants, uh, not a lot to take away from this one. Ravens, 27. Giants 13 uh, again Giants aren't a good team and uh, I really like this is one of those games that you kind of just had it on and you just kind of saw a little bit of it but like I just didn't really take a whole lot away from this game I mean the Ravens are the better team and uh, here they are uh, 10 and 5 yeah the NFC East really peaked for those three weeks or so when I was like oh maybe two teams will get in it's been all downhill since then three straight losses for the Giants where they've looked pretty bad uh, in all of them against you know teams that are at least playoff fringe teams are at least possibly going to be in the postseason. Not surprised the Ravens. I mean, they could have probably scored some more points and pushed this one out even more, but they get the win. They've, you know, ever since they won that game in Cleveland, such a big victory for them. If they had lost that one, they still, you know, maybe they win these games, but they're in a much uh, bigger hole now. They still control their own destiny. Just have to beat Cincinnati uh, to get in. You feel pretty good about that happening for Baltimore. And then from there, a team that still, they're not the machine that they were last season. Uh, it's not like they faced a tougher schedule. I will remind you, before the year, they were supposed to have the, the easiest schedule in the NFL based on last year's records. I think right now it's still something like 28th. So it's not like they've really been fantastic. But, hey, at least they've, they've rebounded for the Giants. It is insane that they're, after these three straight losses, they still can get into the playoffs. That is would be the funniest scenario in my mind is if the 6-10 and 10, uh, Giants, and all, they tie with the Cowboys at 6-10 and 10 and Washington, and they get the tie break. So still have a chance to get here. They just have to beat the Cowboys next week and hope Washington loses. It's insanity. Could happen, but I anticipate whoever wins this division at this point, especially with Washington's QB situation, is going to have a tough, tough time against uh, likely Tampa Bay in the first round. Wild game in Houston that doesn't mean much of anything for playoffs. Uh, the Bengals 37, Texans 31. Uh, that was, uh, again, a pretty wild game here. Uh, if you, this was one where if you needed fantasy points, you got it out of this one, uh, unless you were playing either defense, which I don't think you were. Uh, man, it was, uh, yeah, it was a wild game. This was probably one of the better games uh, of the day. Uh, lots of points on the board there. And, uh, again, but but what does it mean long term? Uh, 
there. Probably not a whole lot. Story of the season for the Texans, man. They just it's Deshaun Watson doing everything he can and just often falling short with the team that has a really bad defense, uh, not the best group around him. If anything, I mean, the biggest part of this outcome is what it means for Miami because they own Houston's pick, which is now, I believe, in the top five, and it just keeps climbing. If Houston yep. loses the last game, Miami could end up with a top three pick, possibly. It's it's insane uh, to think about uh, what the Dolphins and all that, the draft capital for Houston. That's, I mean, you still, you have the quarterback situation figured out long term, but everything else, that's what makes that, that job and filling in in that front office seem like more of a challenge because of all of the, the trade, uh, all the guys who traded, all you know, at this point, you don't have the the depth or the the draft capital. It's just a scary situation, and one that I, you know, I know Deshaun signed that extension. He's going to be there long term, but I just really hope that it's not too long before they're able to figure this out around him because he's obviously not going to be younger, still a young guy, but uh, I, he's obviously so talented. Just it's it's crazy though to think. I mean, where, where Houston was just a few years ago, even last year. But you think about how far they've fallen from. Uh, when, when it was in the middle of that second quarter with the huge lead in Kansas City, uh, you told <laughs> Texans fans in that moment, you're not only going to lose this game, but you're going to only win four games next year. Have a hard, hard time believing that. It's pretty crazy. Well, uh, you probably would have had a hard time believing that the uh, Washington football team is going to release the guy that they picked uh, in the top 15 in the 2019 draft uh, yeah. before the end of the 2020 season. But that's exactly what happened. Uh, of course, we're talking about uh, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, the Panthers won 2013, and uh, what do you know, a day later, uh, Washington releases uh, Dwayne Haskins, and uh, now in a situation where, you know, they're, they're going into a game here where they certainly have something on the line, have a chance to mm-hmm. win the NFC East, uh, and they're releasing the guy that was uh, their starting quarterback last year and uh, was their starting quarterback going into this season, so... Pretty wild turn of events uh, for Washington, yeah. but uh, Ron Rivera, we know him. He's not one to hold back. Uh, he's going to do what he thinks he should do, but uh, this was not an ideal loss for Washington because, as we know, the, with the way the rest of things played out, um, this is one they certainly could have used. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they it wasn't pretty. They almost did come back with Taylor Heineke finding a way to have a pretty solid game, really, by the end of it. Uh, just not quite enough, obviously. Uh, you know, it doesn't help without Terry McLaurin, but, uh, you know, props to the Panthers. Again, they, they keep fighting. They've kind of fought hard uh, throughout these last few weeks, uh, even that, you know, almost coming back to beat the Packers, uh, the close loss of the, the Vikings. These aren't necessarily all great teams they've faced, but I feel like they've played pretty well, almost beat the Chiefs. That was a really fun game early in the year. So I still think if you're a Panthers fan, uh, I know we haven't talked about them as much this season, but I think you're feeling pretty good about uh, having Matt Rule as your head coach and where that the whole thing is going moving forward. For Washington, yeah, 6-9. and nine, Still control your destiny despite all these missed opportunities uh, the last couple of weeks. Obviously, it would have been tough to find a way to get that win in Seattle. Uh, but this was one you really felt like you could have had. Obviously, you're still feeling okay about your chances, I think, against Philadelphia. Um, and uh, obviously, they're eliminated, so it doesn't mean as much to them. But I still think they're going to come out and fight hard in that game just for uh, pride's sake. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully for Washington, Alex Smith comes back. Because without that, I mean, as much as, I, you know, Heineke, you could get excited about what he's able to do at the end of this game. I'm not sure how confident you're going to be with the division title on the line. Because they have to win. It doesn't really matter who the wins in the Giants-Dallas game. Washington has to win. If they lose the winner, that gets in. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see how Smith progresses. It is crazy with Dwayne Haskins. Obviously, he wasn't. Uh, Ron Rivera and, uh, and the staff there weren't in in, uh, in the building at the time of that pick, so that's part of it. But also, yeah, how things have developed. It's pretty crazy how quickly things shift with Haskins, and we'll see. I mean, he's still only 23, but, I mean, it's not just the, the off-field stuff. He's been really, 
really bad for most of his NFL career. I think down with some of the lowest QBRs, if not the lowest in the last two years. So it's, it'll be an uphill battle for him to get back with another team. And for Washington, though, I mean, they still have a great defense, and that's the one thing that we've been talking about. Uh, if they get, even if they, uh, you know, finish seven and nine, win this division, I still think a really big positive for a team that we didn't have any expectations for before the season. And yeah, still a, a team that I, even though it's not just the quarterback position that is a concern for that offense, but it is a team that you feel like if they do figure out the QB situation pretty quickly, they can retool on offense. And with that really good young defense, a team that's feeling good about where they're going moving forward. Well, maybe the Eagles will try to tank that one because uh, that would keep the Cowboys out of the playoffs. Uh, so uh, stranger things have happened, but that is because the Cowboys, uh, 37, the Eagles 17. Uh, it was a great start for the Eagles, but uh, not a great finish as the no. Cowboys uh, put up a lot of points. And uh, what do you know, Dylan? My uh, Super Bowl team still alive here. But the Cowboys, all they've got to do is beat the Giants uh, in Week 17 and have Washington lose, and they are in. I don't think they're getting to the Super Bowl. Um, quite frankly, I don't know that they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, at least they have themselves in a position here after what has been a certainly a roller coaster of a season for the Cowboys. If they keep playing like this, at least I feel like they're a team that would be more exciting. I would really, you know, if the Cowboys offense has scored in three straight games, 30-plus points, uh, put up 41 against even though it early banged up, but a Niner defense that we just saw what they did against Arizona. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I'm not completely – at that time, I didn't really take away much from that. But after watching this and how well the Eagles defense has played at moments, we saw what they did against the Saints a few weeks ago. So good for the Cowboys, man. They're Yeah, they're still in it. It's crazy. I uh, did not think when they – got thrashed by Washington on Thanksgiving and then uh, the Ravens lost a week later. It just seemed like it was completely uh, a lost cause for them with the way that things are trending for Washington and the Giants at the time. Still got to beat the Giants uh, in, the, in the week 17, but at least for the exciting excitement's sake, I feel like that is the team. Uh, the Cowboys are probably the most exciting team for that playoff matchup against Tampa Bay in terms of just the, the possible alf- offensive output. I would like to see Tampa Bay uh, their high-powered offense against you know, Washington's defense. But, hey, yeah, it's crazy. Dallas still in it. Uh, and, I mean, a game But yeah, even though it didn't start out pretty, they fought hard and uh, a really good game for Andy Dalton overall. And uh, we'll see how it <laughs> translates moving forward. But they do have, you know, the talent, as we talked about. Maybe they're just kind of figuring things out at this point. If they get in, who knows? I don't think uh, – yeah, I don't think they're getting to the Super Bowl for your pick. But a team that at least uh, I feel like it could be a little more dangerous in at least one game scenario in that first round. Yep, sets up a wild Week 17 in the NFL, as always. Uh, should be some interesting games and a lot on the line for a lot of teams around the league. And, Dylan, uh, we'll have it all covered no, over Clutch Points. Uh, lots of stuff going on, of course, getting ready for Week 17, looking ahead to the playoffs, and the NBA's back. Uh, lots going on over there. Yeah, you can follow all of the NFL uh, Week 17 games and the playoffs. And, or By the time you listen to this, it will be done with Monday Night Football, the last game with the Bills and Patriots in the Clutch Points app. You can also follow all the NBA games uh, with our streams there for uh, those games. And then the NFL, uh, you go to clutchpoints.com to the NFL section. We'll have, obviously, covering all the news, all the, all the playoff scenarios, all the breakdowns, all the previews for all these games. And, yeah, looking forward to, the, you know, kind of feels almost like, for me, it went faster than some previous seasons, which is weird yeah. given the circumstances. But, yeah, just it is crazy to think not only, yeah, it's almost a, a new year, but also for the NFL, uh, you know, exciting time, though, for sure, because there's so many things, as we kind of talked about this whole time, so many things still left in play. The amount of teams still in the picture, uh, that extra playoff spot's part of it. But just overall, so many teams that are uh, – 
uh, really good and are, you know, struggling and kind of <laughs> trying to hold on. So should be a really, really exciting week 17 with all the games packed together, all the playoff scenarios playing out in front of our eyes, uh, most likely on Red Zone for most of you. Yep, check it all out uh, there. And, again, check it all out at Clutch Points and uh, subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. You can find us there. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast. Tell you about our friends at Bet Online. NBA is back, as we mentioned. The football heading into the playoffs as well. And while you may not be at a game this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online, going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From games for as and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their uh, seasoning opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. All you got to do is head over to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget, use that promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.